the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at Let's Talk Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. The following is sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries and is pre recorded. We believe the virgin birth. We believe it because it's a miracle. It's a miracle. God is the God of miracles. We believe it because it is clearly taught in Scripture. We didn't invent it. God said it. We believe it because it is the foundation of our faith. It is the ministry of Jesus to save us from our sins. It can only be possible if he was born of a virgin. Deity and human at the same time. And it is the fulfillment of Messianic prophecy. Here on Verse by Verse Radio, we've been looking at the virgin birth of Jesus Christ from Matthew chapter 1. We've seen that the Bible declares that Jesus was born of a virgin. Despite the fact that some people have cast doubt on this doctrine, it's the gospel truth. We've seen that Jesus' birth was a miracle that happened to an ordinary, faithful young couple that heard the promise that God gave them and believed his word. We're really happy that you're with us for today's message. Pastor Steve Kreloff shares with us why the virgin birth was necessary. In the fullness of God's perfect time, he sent his only begotten son to be born of a woman, a young woman, a virgin woman, so that we could be saved from our sins. Here's Pastor Steve. Thomas Jefferson's problem really wasn't rooted in in, in an issue with the virgin birth. His problem was far deeper than that, and so is everybody who, who rejects the virgin birth. Their problem is that they reject that God is God. That he's the God who can do whatever he chooses to do. In fact, the angel even said to Mary, with God, all things are possible. That is to say, nothing is impossible. Nothing. And in the case of Mary, God sovereignly chose to impregnate her by overshadowing her and impregnating her without a seed from a male. Mary is the only woman in all of history who had a seed within her that did not come from a man. And why? What's the reason for this? The reason it had to be this way is so that Jesus would be fully human, being born of a woman. He was no different in his humanity than you and I, except without sin. He was a real man, not a part man, a real man. And yet he is full deity, fully human, yet without a sin nature passed on from a human father and yet full deity and not just full deity, but infinite, eternal deity. And as such, he could then, through his death, being totally human, make an eternal, infinite sacrifice for the sins of his people. That's why this is so critical. Do you know what? Joseph, Mary's betrothed husband, at this point knows nothing about this. Nothing about this supernatural work of God, this overshadowing by the the Most High that impregnated Mary. Apparently, Mary never told him. But don't blame Mary. Don't blame Mary. Because if you put the gospel accounts together, we realize that she's been gone for three months. She's been away. She's been with with her relative Elizabeth for three months. Elizabeth, who was pregnant at the time with John the Baptist. But now Mary apparently has returned to 
Nazareth. And it has become known to others, including Joseph, that she's pregnant. Now, imagine the heartache of poor Joseph. He knows that he didn't make her pregnant. And he reacts the way any one of us would have reacted by thinking the worst. He assumes that she's she's guilty of adultery. She's guilty of being unfaithful to him. And so he decides he's going to end this relationship and divorce her. And that leads to a second reason that Matthew gives us for believing in the virgin birth of Christ. The first is the miracle of Mary's pregnancy. It is a supernatural, miraculous work of God, unlike anything else that's ever happened in human history. But there is a second reason. Why do we believe in the virgin birth of Christ? Not only because of the miracle of Mary being pregnant without a man, but the message of the angel, the message that the angel gave to Joseph. Verse 19, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. When Joseph found out about Mary being pregnant, he had a a tough decision to make. Since he was a righteous man, he believed that to continue with this marriage would be to condone and approve of Mary's assumed adultery. He knew that God condemned the breaking of the marriage vow, and therefore he could not, in clear conscience, continue with this marriage. So he decides at this point he's going to divorce her. But Joseph was also a kind-hearted man. He's a compassionate man. And he didn't want to disgrace Mary with a public divorce that would shame her and dishonor her and her family in the Jewish community. And also, possibly, death would have resulted. Oftentimes, and the Mosaic Law spoke of this, if you were found guilty of adultery, you were to be stoned to death. In that time period, this, this happened very seldom. But it was possible that it could have taken place. So out of concern for her reputation and probably her well-being, Joseph decides that he would do something that is permitted by the Mosaic law. He would divorce her very quietly by handing her a bill of divorcement in the presence of two or three witnesses. This is sort of like settling out of court. We'll do it very quietly, not in the spotlight. But before he could carry out this plan, God intervenes by sending an angel to give Joseph a message while he was dreaming, while he slept. Verse 20. But when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Dreams were often used during Old Testament times before the writing of the New Testament, to communicate God's revelation. And this particular dream came from God through an angel in order to explain to Joseph the information that had already been given to Mary, that the child within her was the product of the Holy Spirit and not human sexuality. In fact, the angel, notices he refers to Joseph. He doesn't just call him Joseph. He refers to him as the son of David. In order to remind him, Joseph, you're in the messianic line. You're not just Joseph. You are in David's messianic line. And therefore, instead of divorcing Mary, you are going to complete this marriage process because she is bearing the Messiah who has been placed in her womb by God. It's very significant that he is called son of David. It's a reminder, Joseph. You're somebody in the messianic line. Now, why do you suppose that Matthew recorded the angel's words to Joseph? 
I got some very good questions to ask. Why? I mean, it happened to Job. Why do we need to know about it? It was a dream given to him. And I'll tell you why. Because God wants us to hear his clear testimony about the virgin birth. He wants us to hear the clear testimony that he's given through an angel that Jesus was born of a virgin. There is nothing vague about this. It is clear. It is stated succinctly. It is stated with clarity and precision. Why do we believe in the virgin birth of Christ? The same reason that Joseph believed it, because God said it. God states it in his word. We believe it because scripture states it so clearly and so plainly. Do you realize that all the Bible writers are consistent in their teaching about Christ's virgin birth? This is the consistent testimony of scripture. Various writers, when they speak of this, they say the same thing. Understand that Bible writers didn't get together in some conference in Israel and say, let's figure out what we're going to write about. Some of them never even met each other. But guided by the Holy Spirit, they all wrote consistently the truth and the truth about Christ's deity and virgin birth. Listen, Joseph is never called in Scripture the father of Jesus. Now, once Mary never mentions Joseph in connection with Christ's birth. No Bible writer ever states that Joseph had anything to do with the conception of Jesus. In fact, years later, the Apostle Paul very plainly states in Galatians 4.4 that when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son. He says, born of a woman. He does not say born of a man and woman, just born of a woman. Paul is simply affirming the great truth of Christ's virgin birth. A human mother, but no human father. That's exactly what the angel is telling Joseph. That wasn't all, though. Wasn't all the angel had to say to Joseph. He actually goes on to give some pertinent, critical information about the child that was in Mary's womb and would be born to her. And it is in this information that he gives to Joseph that we see a third reason for believing in the virgin birth of Messiah. Why do we believe it? First of all, because it is a miracle. It is a miracle, and we believe God can do whatever he chooses to do, and he chose to miraculously have Mary be pregnant without a man. Second reason, because of the message of the angel to Joseph. God's testimony through an angel is the virgin birth. He states it. We don't have to guess it. It's given to us. Third reason Matthew gives for believing in the virgin birth is the ministry of Jesus, the specific ministry of Jesus. Notice verse 21. She will bear a son... And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel explains that the child that is now inside of Mary is a son. He's a son and that Joseph is to name this son Jesus. And the reason for naming him Jesus is because his primary ministry will be to save his people from their sins. You see, the name Jesus actually back then in Hebrew, it would have, he was known as Yeshua. Yeshua. We just put it in English form and say Jesus, but he would have been Yeshua. That name means, the name Jesus or Yeshua or Joshua is how we say it today, means the Lord saves. Jehovah saves. Yeshua. Jesus. And listen, there were many Jewish boys in Joseph and Mary's era called Joshua just as there are today. But only the child that was developing in Mary would live up to that name. 
because he's the only one who could save his people from their sins. All the other Joshua's just had that as a label. For Jesus, it was more than a label. It was what he was. Now, understand that what the angel is really telling Joseph is that Jesus is going to be the savior of his people, not just the Jewish people, but all who would believe he'll save his people from their sins. He'll save them not from Roman oppression, not from any kind of political domination or tyranny. He's going to save them from their sins. And folks, here's the point. Here's the point that that many people don't realize about the virgin birth and why Christ is the only one who can save us because he's the only one born of a virgin. If Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then it means he has a human father. And if he has a human father, then he has a sin nature. And if he has a sin nature then he can't die to pay the price of his people's sins, he'd have to die to pay the price for his own sin. This is a major, a major issue. Let, let me just explain something about this. This is the infinite God who has become a man. Why is this so critical? Because in dying for our sins, God the Father is infinitely satisfied with his death. Infinitely. Now, let me just practically tell you why that's important. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there is a point in your life where you repented of your sin. You turned to Christ to save you. You believe that his death on the cross was for you. And that is the basis for your salvation. You are forgiven of all of your sins. When you die, you will go into the presence of the Lord because God will not hold your sin against you. You'll be there forever and ever. So let's say after two million years that you're there, will God ever come up to you and say, time's up? Christ died only for your sins up to this point. Now I sentence you to hell. He'll never do that because the price that Christ paid was infinite, infinite, eternal, everlasting. There will never be a time where God will say time's up. In other words, you will never be condemned, though you and I deserve to be condemned. And it all goes back to this glorious truth that Jesus Christ is God. Fully God and yet fully human. Therefore, he is the only one qualified to pay the infinite ransom for our sins. He made an infinite atonement for his people. Will never be condemned. He's human, capable of a real death. And he did die in a real death. But the infinite God man. So why do we believe in the virgin birth of our Lord? Because of the miracle of Mary's pregnancy. Because of the message that the angel gave explaining what it's about because of the ministry of Jesus. Without this, there, there is no ministry of Jesus. You're on your own. Fourth reason Matthew gives for believing in the virgin birth of Messiah is the messianic prophecy of Scripture. His virgin birth fulfills prophecy. Verses 22 and 23 say this. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Now, with these words, the Apostle Matthew explains that the virgin birth of Christ is actually a fulfillment of a prophecy made many years earlier in Old Testament times. About 700 years before the birth of Christ, the prophet Isaiah predicted that a virgin would bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. That's Isaiah 7, 14. 
Now, unlike, or I should say like many Old Testament prophecies, this one appears to have both a near and a far fulfillment. Let me explain. There is a near fulfillment that took place in that day of Isaiah. And then there's a far ultimate fulfillment that took place in the birth of Christ. Based on the context of Isaiah 7, we know that this prophecy was intended to be a sign in Isaiah's day to the Jewish people that God would deliver them and preserve them from two kings who threatened to destroy Israel. God's sign then was that they would not be destroyed. Was that a woman, meaning Israel would not be destroyed, was that a woman from the royal family who had been a virgin at the time this prophecy was given would marry, conceive, and then bear a son. And before this son was three years of age, the kings of the two nations that threatened really Judah would be killed. Now that was the near fulfillment that took place in that day. But Matthew tells us, inspired by the Holy Spirit, Matthew tells us that the full intent, the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy is found in Jesus Christ, who would be born of a virgin while she was still a virgin. And because he would be born of a virgin, he would be God with us since he had no human father. See, the name Emmanuel doesn't mean that that's going to be his first name. It simply means that this is going to be his role, his description. He would be God dwelling among us. God who became flesh, human flesh, and dwelt among us. Now, in addition, there's been much debate among scholars concerning the Old Testament Hebrew word that is translated virgin. And the debate centers around whether this, this word here refers to a virgin or to simply a young woman of marriageable age. Well, this word can definitely mean virgin. It was used this way many times in the Old Testament of those who were virgins. And that's precisely how Matthew, who knew both Hebrew and Greek, understood it. And that's why Matthew uses a, a Greek word to translate from the Hebrew text, a word that almost certainly and almost always means virgin. Now, cutting through all the linguistic issues surrounding this word for virgin, the point that Matthew is making is that the virgin birth of Christ is not something that should have caught the Jewish people by surprise. It's predicted prophecy that was fulfilled. It wasn't something invented by Matthew. The early church, early Jewish Christians who wanted to twist the Bible to enhance the teachings of Jesus, God promised long ago that he would dwell with his people as he came to live among them as a man. And that's exactly what happened. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Jewish people of Christ's day should have, should have received this in Matthew's day. They should, have, they should have understood this. They should have received it because it was predicted by God as a messianic prophecy and fulfilled in Messiah. Now, one man who most definitely got the point and did believe it and was convinced of the virgin birth was Joseph himself. And so we read in verses 24 and 25, and Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. After waking up from his sleep, Joseph got it. He obeyed the angel. He proceeded then to take Mary as his wife, although 
He did not have sexual relations with her, we read, until she gave birth to Jesus. And contrary, folks, let me just add this to what some claim. Mary did not remain a perpetual virgin because there are numerous references in the Gospels to her, to the brothers and sisters of Jesus. So what are we learning here? Matthew not only presents the glorious truths of the conception and birth of Christ that is miraculous, and supernatural, but he gives us four reasons to believe it, to be convinced of it, to have confidence in it. So I hope at this time of the year that you're not going to be sort of blinded by all the glitz and glamour that go, goes into Christmas and lose sight of this. We believe the virgin birth. We believe it because it's a miracle. It's a miracle. God is the God of miracles. We believe it because it is clearly taught in Scripture. We didn't invent it. God said it. We believe it because it is the foundation of our faith. It is the ministry of Jesus to save us from our sins. It can only be possible if he was born of a virgin. Deity and human at the same time. And it is the fulfillment of messianic prophecy. It is not the invention of anyone. Now, the real issue is, do you know this virgin-born Savior? You know about Christmas, but do you know him? Is he your savior? Have you ever been saved by him from your sins? Have, has there been a point in your life where you've said, I'm sick of the way I'm living. My life is all centered around me. I hate it. I, I need a new life. I need forgiveness of sins. I understand that I have offended a holy God, that Christ was sent to pay for the sins of sinners like me, I turn from my sin. I turn to him. Lord, be my savior. Come into my life and transform me. Change me. Forgive me. I trust that your death on the cross was for me. You've atoned for my sins. I believe that. If you've never done that, I urge you to do it before it's too late. Before you die, come to know Christ. This is the Christmas story. And it only becomes precious when you understand and believe the virgin birth. Let's pray. Lord, this, this is beyond our total comprehension, but we accept every word of it because these are your words. Thank you, Lord, that you became a helpless baby, dependent on Mary and Joseph to change you, to feed you, to care for you, you entered into this world of sinners, yet you had no sin. And you did it, Lord, for me, for others like me, sinners deserving hell. Lord, we thank you. Words are so inadequate to express our thanks. May we not only thank you with our lips, but may we thank you with our lives, the way we live. May we not forget at this time of the year or any time of the year that you became a man and dwelt among us to save us from our sins. And may you deliver us from thinking that this is simply a cutesy story of a little baby. You came into this world to die the most hideous of deaths. Not only the physical agony of crucifixion, but being estranged and separated and forsaken by the Father while he poured out his wrath upon you in our place. May those truths grip us and transform us. I pray for anyone here, Lord, who doesn't know you. May you open their hearts to the gospel and may they really receive Christ with understanding. 
For those of us who know you, Lord, may this the truth that we have believed for many years be more precious to us than ever before. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. His name shall be called Yeshua, Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What an amazing plan that God promised and then carried out to perfection. It's simply a miracle. God chose an innocent and pure young woman who was engaged to an upright man and allowed them to be part of the most incredible birth ever. But this story is not just about the birth. It's about what this miracle child would do when he grew up. He came to die for the sins of the whole world. He brought salvation to whoever would believe in him. He came for you. Have you placed your faith for your salvation in what he finished on the cross of Calvary? There would be no better time than at this Christmas season to do just that. Recognize and admit to Jesus that you are a sinner and in need of a Savior. He paid the price for your sin debt and now offers you the very best Christmas gift possible, forgiveness of your sins and eternal life in heaven with Him. Thanks for listening in to Verse by Verse today. Today's broadcast is available for download at our website, versebyverseradio.org, along with the other messages in the series. You can find nearly all of our broadcasts posted there at no charge. Download as many as you like. Finally, we on the staff of Verse by Verse Radio sincerely desire a blessed and wonderful Christmas Day tomorrow for Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.